WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Monday, November 6th. It is indeed Kale and Company, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L, Dawn Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Phil Almquist and Anthony Terenzo, our associate producers. Oh, do we have a good show for you today. Absolutely loaded, all the way up until the cut sheet, big topics, big issues, no big guests, because that's Dom's slogan, <laughs> and I don't want to get sued for copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Getting used to the time change. Uh-huh. Daylight saving time. It's horrendous. Time. It I is. Know. If either of you had a good night's sleep in the last two nights, I envy you. Yeah? It's just like, I'm up every hour. I'm like, what time is it? I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. It is awful. It was like the, the first quarter of the Eagles game was not even over yesterday, and it was dark. I know. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's... It's depressing. It's so depressing. It really is. Like, I'm up at, like, 2.45 because it feels like 3.45, and then, you know, it's just like, oh, God. I know. I know. Soccer, other than that, how are you? Uh, I'm good, buddy. Thank you very much for asking. All right. Very good. A lot of good things to get to this morning. Obviously, a very big Eagles win. We'll hit on that in the news. I thought what transpired Saturday night outside of the White House was fascinating from the standpoint of who is triggered and angry despite the fact that the administration has kind of slanted most of their support in that group's favor. <laughs> it's, it's really... Makes me... My head was ready to explode Saturday night. It's really something, isn't it? I was ready to call for a ceasefire on Twitter. I'm like, Alabama <laughs> and LSU are on. Can you not wait till this is over? Oh, by the way, you... I. I owe you money, don't I, for that game? You do. Yeah. Yeah, they covered. And what? They, yeah, they covered and, in the and then quarter. some. And yeah. then some. Same thing with the Eagles. Also, John Fetterman is being criticized by his own base. Kamala Harris's stepdaughter is uh, funding the opposition. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm telling you, man. I never saw this coming. I really didn't. And also, Donald Trump is crushing Joe Biden in five out of six battleground states. But are we taking the bait? We'll get to that as we continue. And very important things when it comes to elections coming up. Big day locally tomorrow in the city, in the suburbs with schools. We will get to Bucks County. And also, pay attention to what's going on in other states when it comes to 18 months later after Roe v. Wade. We'll get to that as we continue as well. So we are absolutely loaded today. And I didn't even mention the cut sheet. And that's going to be stacked as well. Yeah, I have, uh, I think I, last kind of 18 cuts. Oh, good. Together, so. get, get ready for like an hour and 25 minute cut sheet this morning mm-hmm. from like 7.45 to noon. Look, I bring it. Every day I bring it. I bring it. Thank you very much. All right. And one person that always brings it, and she has the hardware to prove it, 
605, round number one. Here's the news with the great Don Stensland. And good morning this Monday morning, November 6th, sponsored by Wawa in Kale & Company News Live. We'll have the full report, including an injury update for you, as last night the Eagles kept us at the, really at the, uh, <laughs> at the end of our seats right there, but... We'll talk about all Eagles news and have some highlights for you. This morning, a man is dead after an officer-involved shooting in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. The county coroner confirming a 40-year-old man has died after an officer-involved shooting. Happened on Elm Avenue. This is Northampton Township in Bucks County. I know there was a lot of police activity. A lot of people wondering what is going on here. So we know that the man involved in that shooting taken to St. Mary Medical Center where he was pronounced dead. And the coroner also says the man whom officers ultimately shot was armed with a knife, at least during that incident. These are preliminary reports we're just getting in as this is a developing story. It started late last night and went overnight into this morning. So we're, we're not getting a ton of details here. That's all I've got so far, but. So far, I've not heard that any of the officers were injured. So we'll continue to follow that one. We have a report of a delivery driver injured after being shot and carjacked in Philadelphia. It happened after 6 p.m. in the Port Richmond neighborhood. While the victim was making a delivery right around dinner time, officers dispatched to the scene for reports of that shooting. And police say when they arrived, they found a 65-year-old man shot multiple times. So they say the delivery driver was coming into a woman's home or coming toward her home on the 2800 block of Salmon Street to drop off dinner when this entire shocking incident unfolded. So um, their neighbors certainly are shaken. The community shaken. Once police arrived, they say the victim was transported to a nearby hospital. But officers say he was shot in the chest, torso and back as he was trying to return to his vehicle so he's now in stable condition this morning. Not even safe to deliver products these days. Oh, my Jesus. goodness. And, the, and the, everybody in the community speaking out about it, saying they're praying for him today, hoping that he'll make it, mm-hmm. um, but certainly shaken, searching for that suspect. SEPTA officials, by the way, this morning, warning riders that um, passengers aboard SEPTA, or who commuters, I should say, may experience delays today. Why? Because SEPTA employees are paying their final respects to a fallen driver we talked about who was killed. This is 48-year-old Bernard Gribben, shot and killed by a passenger October 26th. You may recall we had talked about this case. He was behind the wheel of his bus on SEPTA in Philadelphia's Germantown neighborhood. That suspect ID'd as 21-year-old Zante Capers, charged with murder and other offenses in Mr. Cribben's death. And you may recall he was a 12-year employee of the Transit Authority, lived with his wife and family in the Abington section of of uh, Montgomery County, and so also a military veteran. Mm. So his funeral services are actually being held on Long Island, New York this morning. However, so many SEPTA co-workers and employees are attending the funeral there. Yeah, take the trip up there. Yeah. So that's why they have shortages of workers. Wow. So just want to give you that heads up. Yeah. All right. So much more to talk about. We'll talk a lot about daylight, all the impact of daylight savings time, of course, saving time. And of course, we have a lot of previews election wise for tomorrow, election day. Hope you're registered. 
everybody get out the vote. But, man, those Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> where, where do you want to start? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I guess I we mean, should start with that they, they won the game, but, my God, where okay. do we start? <laughs> yeah. All right. We won. That's the good news. Yes. But if you watch, you were literally on the edge of your seat. So, yes, 28-23 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Let's um and Jayla, we have an we have an injury update on Dallas Goddard and Jalen Hurts as well with his knee issue. But let's uh let's talk about somebody we talked about after making those notorious headlines and responding to some DMs that you know he should not have. Kenny Gainwell started off the day. Uh, he should be pretty proud with the first touchdown of the game. Hurts. On first down, gives it to Gainwell, heads to the outside, he's at the five, he leaps, he's in, touchdown! Boy, what a great block by Jason Kelsey on the outside. Kelsey snaps the ball, he gets out on the perimeter, he and Lane Johnson, so Lane gets the kick out, Kelsey gets the pin, and there's an alley down the right side. I got to imagine if he checked his DMs at halftime, Dawn, there was nothing but positives in there. I would hope. <laughs> By the way, Merrill sounds a little under the weather there. He did. Yeah. He did. I noticed that. Or maybe just you know, lost his voice. I actually had to listen to the game on WIP yesterday and mute the TV because I can't stand Greg Olson on Fox. <laughs> Agreed. I very rarely ever do that and like mute the TV and go to a radio broadcast unless I'm driving and I, that's the only mode of listening. But Greg Olson just can't shut his mouth. He's just not. He's got diarrhea. It's like, dude, enough. <laughs> it's like Greg Stalker. Well, <laughs> you guys kind of look alike. You both have blonde hair. Yeah, it's yeah. something about the, the name Greg. We're the blonde all, Gregs. We're all blondes. <laughs> yep. Well, the brotherly shove continues to create controversy mm. league-wide, but not in Philadelphia. That doesn't stop Jalen Hurts from going in for the go-ahead touchdown in the second quarter to tie it all up. Line them up in the trenches, and they're expecting the shot. They sneak, and it's in. And they score. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about that. It's exactly what they do. Dallas brings in a couple of their heaviest bodies to get on the inside to try and combat the shove. There's nothing they can do about it. Let me ask you this, Greg. Yeah. Um, how much would it cost for you to get in front of Jason Kelsey and take the None. pounding that you know you're going to take when they run that little tush push. Well, one of those, <clears throat> one of the uh, one of the Dallas players like need him in the face, and he grabbed him and he screamed at him. It was yeah. amazing. I know. Yeah, crossing broad, I think captured a slow mo of it. It yep. looks like Kelsey looks like this Icelandic warrior yelling in his victim's face before he's ready to like rip their guts out. You know, this may this may be a violation, but I don't care. I want to say it anyway. I I had the uh, three screen up. Oh, yesterday with all three games. Good for you. The Giants tried the uh, tush push. And they failed? <laughs> they failed miserably. It's really the Eagles. The <laughs> only, it's only the Eagles that can do that. Yep. Play. Often amazing. imitated, never yeah, duplicated. Exactly. Yeah, we should also say there was a scare with Hurts. Yeah. In the final minutes of the first half, and he was hit by that big defensive lineman, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, and wrapped for a sack by linebacker Micah Parsons. Hurts stumbles. As he stands up, and we all went, oh, my God. Oh, I was ready to puke. Right? I was like, please don't be hurt. <laughs> uh-huh. Please, you know, we're God, like, no. no. I can't watch Marcus Mariota. I was just going to say you don't have faith in Marcus Mariota. No. <laughs> he was in for one for one snap. I know. Yeah. Just get to halftime and get that knee brace off and get checked. Yeah. <laughs> so I, he took the moment on the sideline, collected himself. They called that timeout, and yep. our prayers were answered. He came back. Thank yep. God. All right. Uh Real quick, I'll try to get through the next two. Cowboys wouldn't give in during the second half, 
And uh, that was most apparent <laughs> with this uh, touchdown gaining on the Eagles late. This is cut C. Fourth and goal at the two. Where are your big guys? Make sure your biggest guys are in the trenches and make sure that they knock the Cowboys off the ball. Prescott takes the snap. He fires, and it is a touchdown. It is a touchdown as he gets it to Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end at the goal line. It's a touchdown. 80 years old. He's called by Schoonmaker. (laughs) Sounds like he's definitely fighting a cold. Yeah. Yeah. He's... He let, it seems like he let a lot of the talking up to Mike Quick, who's just fabulous. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, the Eagles did all they could on Dallas's final drive to cough up the game. Dak Prescott, he needed to move the Cowboys 86 yards in 46 seconds for the potential winning <laughs> and, score. And he promptly. almost did. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I couldn't sit down for that. Yeah. Uh, he got 56 yards of Eagles penalties to reach the six-yard line. And on the cusp of that stunning comeback, Prescott instead gets sacked for uh, by Josh uh, Sweat for that 11-yard loss. So Cowboys, one final play. Lamb is tackled to end the game for an Eagles win to lead them 8-1. to Listen. Eagles are five seconds away from going 8-1. Will it happen? Prescott back again. He steps up. He pumps. He fires. It is caught. But he's tackled. Tackled to C.D. Lamb at the two-yard line. And the game is over. The Eagles win. What a heavyweight fight we've witnessed. This is great football. Heavyweight fight is a great way to... I thought that, too, with Mike Quick. Yeah. Yeah, And too close close for comfort comfort with me there. I mean, Lamb got to the two-yard line. Remember, Dak Prescott before missed the two-point conversion by about a foot and a half. Yep. And then the other one where Schoonmaker was like inches short of the goal line. Yep. All the penalties. Yes. Back and forth. And the knee. Is the left, if the knee, the left knee, the right knee, is it in the thing? Oh, mm-hmm. my. But that just shows you oh. how good this Eagles team is. I know. That's true. They can just find ways to win. You yep. can call it lucky, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like eight and each, one's eight and one. Eight and one is eight and one. They're That's the best right. team in the NFL right now. Don, you have, Don, you have an update on Dallas Goddard, you said? Yeah, so as far as Dallas, un- uh, unfortunately, man, this was a weekend for uh, fractured forearms. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, Eagles uh, tight end Dallas Goddard, a, fract- a fracture in his right forearm. Yikes. He will undergo the MRI today to determine if there's any further damage to it. Goddard set to miss time, obviously, and is an injured reserve Candidates. Yeah, my fantasy tight end out for a month. Cool. <laughs> oh, oh that he was your guy. Yeah, horrendous. Sorry, I asked. Sorry. Well, they have a bye week this week, so they need it to kind of yeah <laughs> shake some of the injuries. I off. agree. Take some vitamins. Yeah. Yep. Bromelain heals Dallas. If you're listening, bromelain. It's in pineapples. All right. <laughs> um, let me. Uh, before I get to the forecast. Wawa is our sponsor. Yeah. Welcome back to Wawa Siptopia, your handcrafted, handcrafted beverage happy place. Right now, all your crafted to crave favorites are only $3 for a 16 ounce and $4 for a 24 ounce. Gotta have a Wawa. Wawa, thank you for sponsoring us this morning with the Good Eagles news. Today, 61 degrees today, 45 right now, but it is November. 40, uh, 61 today, tomorrow for, for Election Day. Nobody has a weather excuse. 71 degrees, bright, sunny skies. That's tomorrow for Election Day. And then midweek Wednesday, 56 degrees. So we'll kind of take a dip for Wednesday 
And then Thursday, we start coming out of that 67 degrees. So some very nice, unseasonably warm weather today and tomorrow. That's your NBC 10 First Alert forecast. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don. thank you very much. 617 on this Monday morning as we kick off another week with another Big Take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. All right, the Big Take this morning. Biden and the Dems and their identity politics crisis. On Saturday evening, the White House came under fierce protest as pro-Palestinian supporters protested loudly and aggressively outside of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Listen and watch this. And for those who did not see the videos over the weekend or that video clip right there on YouTube, there were signs, Palestinian flags, and protesters literally climbing the fence with Secret Service agents on the other side on high alert. And part of me was saying, climb that gate, F around, and find out. But another part of me, as this was playing out late Saturday night, saw many conservative social media influencers calling this an insurrection. No, it was not an insurrection in my opinion, although most were probably saying it tongue-in-cheek. But as many know, look, I disagree with the stance that these people are taking and their methodologies behind their protests. And yes, this is protected under the First Amendment with free speech, but Saturday night was a very, very ugly, scary look for the Biden administration and our nation. And we also can't pick and choose selectively a la carte when we want to value free speech and when we don't, just because we disagree with the message. But here's the real problem that needs to be discussed. And it's a big problem for Biden, the Democrats, the far left, and even the Jewish community. Identity politics has come back to bite the Biden administration in the butt. Take a listen and watch the F. Joe Biden chants from outside of the White House Saturday night from pro-Palestinian protesters. Listen and watch this. Joe Biden! Joe Biden! Joe Biden! Joe Biden! Those were pro-Palestinian supporters chanting that at Joe Biden and this administration. Not Republicans, not MAGA Republicans, not loyal Trump supporters. I want you to think about this for a moment. Joe Biden, the mainstream media and squad Dems have been in the corner of Palestinians, protesters, and even Hamas supporters at times. And yet still, the protesters are saying, F Joe Biden? It takes a special level of ineptitude to still get ripped by the group that you've been way too supportive of to begin with. And speaking of a special level of ineptitude, that brings us to vocal and vile squad Dem Rashida Tlaib, from Michigan, she and the far left have been anti-Israel and honestly anti-Semitic for one month straight. And it's not stopping anytime soon. Here's a montage from her Twitter feed where she calls out Joe Biden saying the majority of the American people are not with you on this one, President Biden. I want you to listen and watch this montage of all of the protests across America in support of Palestine. Listen and watch. We stand with Israel. Oh, 
All sorts of protests throughout Michigan, California, Pennsylvania, obviously Philadelphia, Ohio, Illinois. Mr. President, the American people are not with you on this one. Innocent civilians are going to be hurt going forward. I wish I could tell you something different. I John wish Kirby. That, that wasn't going to happen, uh, but it is, it is going to happen. I want to thank President Biden for his unequivocal support. We will remember in 2024. Joe Biden supported the genocide of the Palestinian people. The American people won't forget. That is on Rashida Tlaib's video that we are playing for you right now. So that is pretty sickening, right? And oh, by the way, a majority of Americans actually believe in supporting Israel, as polls have shown. So again, Rashida Tlaib, you're nothing more than a part of the loud, vocal minority. Now, I am not Jewish, but I have to ask the question. If you are Jewish and have been a registered Democrat, How do you continue to be a voter for the Dems if this is going to be the stance that the left has taken? There's a large part of the Democratic Party that I believe hates Israel and the Jews. We have seen that pretty evident since October 7th, as sad as that is. And they've been very open about it. And what you saw this morning in the Big Take was just what happened in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. But it's occurring elsewhere domestically in many big cities in the United States and abroad over in Europe, and of course the never-ending battle itself in the Middle East. So the Biden administration has a major issue on their hands. Even when slanting their support towards the Palestinians, they get ripped, not only from conservatives and Republicans, and rightfully so, but also from the pro-Palestinian protesters. The Biden administration has catered to the far left and bowed down to the squad Dems, and that faction has now revolted against Joe. The question is, will Jewish Democrats revolt against Joe in 2024, or will they just flat out sit this one out? Will they vote Trump or vote Republican, or will they stay with the Democratic Party despite this administration's failures? One thing is for sure, when you play identity politics, you will eventually fail sooner or later. Woke will eat woke, and your hypocrisy will be exposed. The Biden administration has plenty of problems on their hands, and I think this past Saturday night, They just added another one, and that's The Big Take. The Big Take on Kale & Company. All right, Big Take this morning. If you want to jump in with your thoughts and reactions from what played out this weekend, you can certainly do so at 855-839-1210, on Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT, or, of course, be a part of the Kale & Company comment community on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. We'll come back, get some thoughts on that, and then also... John Fetterman and betrayal, Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, and raising funds. As we continue live on a Monday morning, Nick Dawn and Greg, it's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Just picture this. You're sipping a, oh, this cool limoncello from your hotel balcony as you savor the sunset beyond The Isle of Capri. Take me away, conservative tours. That's right, the Amalfi Coast, Positano, Sorrento, Capri. Join me next spring as we discover the wonderful sights in southern Italy. 
with my friends from Conservative Tours, the Abbey of Monte Cassino, Pompeii. Of course, we'll have enough time, plenty of time, to still see the great sites, the ancient sites in Rome as well, all while enjoying a gastronomical event for 12 days of touring. I can't wait. You got to do this. Olive oil production, a mozzarella farm, all the wineries, tasting sessions, the group dining events they're known for are legendary. You can ask my friend Dom Giordano and his better half row. 5267, that includes your airfare nonstop while supplies last. Call toll-free, 888-733-9494. You can go to conservativetours.com. You'll see my picture, the full itinerary. Yes, Larry, Menti, my boys, Michael and David, they'll be there too. And we will see Italy's best-kept secrets, Puglia, charming villages, unparalleled cuisine. We'll find out together why so many Italians take their vacations in Puglia. So picturesque, unspoiled, authentically Italian. Conservativetours.com. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. Very good news in the polling world for Donald Trump. That's coming up at 645. But are we all taking the bait again? That'll be the question. Also, some of the fallout from the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. John Fetterman being accused of a silent betrayal within his own party. And also, we'll get to um, Kamala's stepdaughter. Dog, uh, Doug's daughter raising funds for Gaza on Instagram, and that's coming up in just a few moments. But I do want to get your thoughts on what transpired over the weekend that we talked about in the big take. And if you think about the way this, and it's been, I believe, now four weeks, it was, it was October 7th, and here we are, it's November 6th. Uh, the, the Biden administration has done everything they can to sympathize with the Palestinian people. Uh, the squad Dems have made it very, very clear. They are anti-Israel. They are all in on Palestine. They are all about Hamas. Well, if people need to die, then people need to die. Israel's committing a genocide. The mainstream media is absolutely been yucking it up. And it's really, honestly, four or five weeks into this, I'm still amazed that this is not more of a, at least from a media coverage standpoint and this administration standpoint, seeing more support shift towards Israel. And I, like, I don't really even want to hear it when they say, like, Obama came out and said, well, you know, both both nations, so to speak, have blood on their hands and you know, all the stuff that he keeps spinning from, you know, his camp as he's, you know, kind of lurking in the weeds here of a third Obama term and, God forbid, a fourth term. But Saturday night, I mean, it takes a real level of complete, ineptitude for the Biden. I mean, think about who was protesting. These pro-Palestinian supporters were legitimately climbing the security fence, waving their flag, shouting through megaphones, sounded like they were banging a drum. And then I'm not sure where the statue was, but then they go and they basically destroyed a statue. I think they spray painted it in red. I don't know if that's to signify blood or whatever it was. I mean, and then you're hearing those chants. I really wanted to play that. And I know it's a little difficult hearing the F word bleeped out every two or three seconds. But th- this was the these people are getting as about as much support as you could possibly imagine from this administration. And I think the administration is completely wrong. And even they are out there chanting F Joe Biden. I, I think this is a major issue now for Democrats, because I think what you have is like a lot of other situations and instances the squad Dems, the progressive left, 
the Tlaibs, the AOCs, the Ilhan Omars, the Bowmans of the world, the Cory Bookers, they've hijacked this party. And I think a lot of the more liberals of the Democratic Party have kind of acquiesced and placated them. And now they are still not happy with this administration's stance, where I think it could legitimately blow up in the face of Joe Biden, because he might actually lose people on multiple fronts. He could, in in theory, lose some supporters that are of Jewish descent that are Democrats, because you could easily make the case that they have not been pro-Israel enough. And now it looks like the Palestinians in this country are against Joe Biden, at least from that chant last night or Saturday night. So you have to wonder, as we get to polling coming up at 645, are these people on the verge of bailing on the Democratic Party, sitting it out? Because, again, I'll say it again, it takes a certain and a special level of cluelessness to get told F you from pro-Palestinian supporters. Like, I'm just sitting Saturday night, I'm trying to watch college football, have a good time, and I really thought that they were going to cut in on the na- the mainstream networks because I was watching college football on CBS Channel 3. I thought they were going to maybe do like a picture-in-picture box television screen with what was going on because you saw it on social media, and I'm thinking, man, I can't even enjoy my Saturday night without more protesters. It's like the new common trend now is just show up, protest for Palestine, and honestly, the way it played out Saturday night, I don't, I don't, I would not call it an insurrection, but many social media influencers that are of conservative backgrounds and beliefs said that if this was MAGA Republicans on Saturday night scaling the fence, it would have played out completely differently, to which that point, I do agree it would have been different. I, I just think it's a really bad look right now for this administration, and maybe even more importantly, for this country. I don't know if anybody was dialed into it on Saturday night, but I, I was legitimately thinking, like, I want to watch football. I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on at the White House. And I'm thinking, all right, don't tweet too much because Stalker might send a text. <laughs> I'm like, don't do it. Damn you pro-Palestinian supporters. <laughs> so that was that was kind of my thought process because I was surprised that they were so anti-Biden when this clueless 81-year-old-to-be has actually done way too much for this group of people, in my opinion. So. That's that. Yeah, I think the truth is that there's a connection between social media. You know, we hear even even my son's high school was telling, you know, students, hey, have you guys ever seen the um, TikTok? Have you seen TikTok in China and what kids get versus what you guys get? And I thought that was a great way to play that to teenagers. Mm -hmm. And so saying, hey. You know, why do you think another country would have their youth looking at things that are good, you know, for math and science, but distracting us? And I think if you look at TikTok, this is all part of the propaganda that's on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've talked about this. And I think Jonathan Turley mentioned it in the article that we discussed last week uh, with the youth of today, whether high schoolers or college students. It is now turned into advocacy and activism over academics. And a lot of these social media uh, companies really perpetuate this and, and advocate for it. And these platforms be kind of they, they, they essentially become your megaphone, right? Like so instead of showing up at a town hall or at a school board or I mean, we are certainly seeing protests in the street. But now you just go to social media, you pull up your app, and you just try to shout from the rooftops and see who will hear your side of the story. And you can tell people how angry you are about the world. 
the fact that we're talking about something that literally has a is we're literally a year away from what happens uh, next year for 2024 for the election. That's correct. One year yesterday. The fact that we're sitting here having a conversation thinking that anything that happens on uh, November 6, 2023 is going to have an impact on November uh, 5th or whatever it is, 2024, people have way too short attention spans to remember any of this That's a good point. So... Yeah, now it can say yeah, Biden's poll numbers are terrible. They're going down in all the swing skate. He's losing <clears throat> a lot of um, support from people who probably would have supported him. But to say that this is a this is what it's going to be next year, I think is naive. Well, but here's my question because I think Russia Ukraine is the perfect precedent. Russia Ukraine's been going on for what? 19, 20 months now, it's still something that we talk about on somewhat of a consistent basis. We just saw Zelensky basically saying he wants to have a meeting with Trump, which I find fascinating. Does he think that Donald Trump's going to get back into the White House? Because he feels he, and I believe I saw this headline over the weekend, Zelensky believes he needs another year of American support and funding. So taking what we know of how long this has played out, now let's look at it from the Middle East and Israel and Palestine and Hamas. Do you think this is going to go away before this election is over a year from now? Absolutely not. But So, so that's why I bring it no, up. No, especially if we start taking in uh, refugees from Correct. that country. Correct. You look at what's happening over there. How come Egypt is building a wall? I know. How come all those other countries are saying, oh, no, 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 no. These folks have been raised, yes. basically, to become, unfortunately, terrorists nobody wants them over there nobody wants them so just watch if this administration and we already you know obviously we're already saturated because of the open board southern border but Mm -hmm. i mean i i just wonder if among those gotaways if they've already they're already here oh yes you know what i mean i mean think about how many people have shown up now in philadelphia washington dc chicago new york michigan that's why i played that video that was on rashida Tlaib's twitter feed I mean, those are massive marches and protests. That's already infiltrated your country. Mm-hmm. And some of it from the southern border, some of it people that have been there their whole life as immigrants that came over the right way and did everything legally. And I'm not saying that every single pro-Palestinian supporter in America came up through the southern border illegally. That's not the case. Many of them are probably just born here in America from family members that, you know, their previous generation lived in the Middle East. But this is I, I I would be floored if this thing goes off the back onto the back burner anytime soon. This this is a story that will not go away in the next year because now it's a part of the political scene and the election, and that's what these squad Dems want. And maybe this is their way to get Joe out. We know, generally speaking, the Democratic Party would love to move on from Joe Biden. They mm-hmm. would love to insert Gavin Newsom. But as we know, the squad Dems have hijacked the party. And if they want Joe Biden out, I don't know. They might get their way. They've gotten their way the last three and a half years, have they not? Defund the police, DEI, all the stuff that this administration pushes in every institution of society is controlled from the far left. Uh, Mike Carr on the YouTube chat says, stop it, Greg. This is a bad take, and you keep saying it. People are deciding now who they're going to vote for. Nobody waits until November 2024. I 
do agree with that. But <clears throat> let me ask you guys this. In six months ago, three months ago, two months ago, if we had uh, Israel-Hamas uh, war on our bingo card, would we, have, uh, would we have thought that? We have no idea what the next year is going to bring. None. Right. None. Well, so, so to well, say Joe that Biden, it has to no... Your point, to your point, Joe Biden could die in office. Exactly. Distinctly possible. Trump could have a heart attack on the campaign trail. All of that is a possibility. I'm just saying that it is that that we have no idea what the next 11 months are going to bring, 12 months are going to bring. Yeah. But, to, you know, to your point that you're making, if you look at the polls since October 7th, Trump, look at his numbers and you look at especially a visual, a graphic. Mm-hmm. He is just... Uh, taken away from everybody else yep. and it's because think about his policy think about what he did when he came into office remember um uh, what was it aleppo remember you don't know where aleppo is remember that famous mm-hmm. you know on morning joe yep. and it was all about syria and it was all about the refugees and it was all about the terrorists trump came in boom moab no more we never talked about it we forgot oh yeah they were psh- Yep. They were shut up. Right. And then what did he do? He kept his promises to Jerusalem, to Israel, etc. We didn't hear a word. Yep. So, You're right. I'm sorry. What was the last thing you said? No, the, the Abram Accords. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like he had that whole region totally under control. Done. We saw, you know, pretty much for 15, 20 years, it was pretty, pretty peaceful by their past, you know, atrocities and standards. And, and how about this? Kamala Harris's stepdaughter. So Doug, her husband has a daughter uh, from another, uh, you know, uh, marriage, marriage or whatever. Uh, and her daughter, uh, his daughter's name is Ella Emhoff. And I can't believe that this is actually a really, a re- I don't know what, what part of this story actually blows me away the most, but she is promoting the fact that Ella has raised $8 million for Gaza in a fundraising campaign. This comes out from the New York Post on Saturday. The stepdaughter of Vice President Kamala Harris is publicly raising money for Gaza, the New York Post has learned. Ella Emhoff, who's 24 years old, so we can say what we want. She's an adult. We don't have to protect her as a, as a, as a minor. Ella Emhoff, 24, whose father is First Gentleman Doug Emhoff, is Jewish and is affixed a fundraising drive supporting the urgent relief for Gaza's children on her Instagram account, her personal Instagram It makes no mention of the scores of Israeli children that were murdered amongst the 1,400 innocent Israelis killed by Hamas on October 7th. Her promotion puts the funding appeal in front of, and get ready for this, she's got 315,000 Instagram followers, and it has netted her a total of $7.8 million so far. And it's unclear how much, if anything, Ella Emhoff has personally donated to the cause, but Republican from New Jersey, Jeff Van Drew, says, quote, it's of tremendous concern, and I find it abhorrent. To be honest with you, I am kind of stunned by it. It's disturbing to the maximum degree. So we have the vice, and this is another reason why it's so amazing to see pro-Palestinian supporters and protesters saying F Joe Biden when Joe Biden's second in command has a stepdaughter who is literally raising $8 million for your people. And the chants are still raining down on this administration. F Joe Biden. I don't know what blows me away more. The fact that she raised $8 million, The fact that she has $315,000. The fact that Kamala takes pride in this. Or the fact that Ella, her, her father, 
is, is Jewish. Is Jewish. <laughs> amazing. Uh, you know, it's like it's yeah. like living in a household with a cowboy fan and an eagle fan. <laughs> We, we got somebody raising support for people in, of the Arabic uh, community in the Middle East while daddy's Jewish. Now, I guess Ella, um, even though dad is Jewish, she does not really identify Shocking. as yeah. Jewish. Shocking. So was raised, was not raised with, with faith. And, and so I don't know what she believes in. I, I will just say this. To me, this is the uh, unfortunate. She's the poster child for white woke privilege. Yes. And I hate, I, you know me, like right. I hate painting with those brushes and I hate, I can't stand some of these terms like yep. woke. I know. But truthfully, if you look up that term, there's her picture. Yes. She doesn't really believe in anything. If she went over there, God knows what they would do to her. Mm-hmm. But she's somebody who says, oh, I'm going to, and she's just an influencer who's influenced. Yeah. Yeah. And, and dad probably encourages it. And I love how you phrase that. She doesn't identify as Jewish. I love how this generation just wants to tell you what they identify as or what they don't identify as. But yeah, there you go. $8 million, 315,000 Instagram followers. But if you thought it was bad for Ella Emhoff, where do you hear what they're saying about our favorite senator from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, as left-wingers have turned on Fetterman and say that they have he's basically betrayed his party uh, and been silent on the genocide that is. We'll wrap up the first hour with that and then some very good Trump news to kick off hour two. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. You've heard me talk about the fact that we recently visit our friends at uh, Piazza Honda, drove away with uh, my son, Michael. I'll never forget the look on his face. Yeah, his cheeks got a little red. He was... He was so psyched as he drove away in that gorgeous new Honda Civic from our friends at Piazza Honda. The knowledgeable sales team, they showed us all the features. They were just so patient and just really was great. Uh, Showed us all the features, showed Michael the features of the vehicle. He took it on the road for a test drive. We were so impressed. When we left that dealership with the specific model, the exact color that Michael dreamed of, that he wanted, and really he drove away with more than he could have even asked for. The experience was seamless from start to finish. If you're considering a new or maybe a pre-owned Honda, just visit our friends at Piazza Honda in Philadelphia, Springfield, Langhorne, Pottstown, or Reading. You can always shop online, piazzahonda.com. Make sure you tell them Dolan sent you. Kaylin Company, rolling online here on this day before the election. Mayoral elections, school boards, school district. We got all sorts of stuff coming up tomorrow, November 7th, 2023. 855 839 Cut sheet 745. Also, a great prize today for our morning mystery movie clip. Polls looking good for Donald J. Trump. We'll get to that as well as something to keep an eye on in a couple of states when it comes to well, about a year and a half removed from. Uh, Roe v. Wade and what that means for 2024. Uh, but I got to tell you, we were just talking and Dawn mentioned the word about the word woke and how we hate using that word anymore and rightfully so. But I think this one really applies here in this woke eat woke world that we live in because the headline is not good and the details not good either for John Fetterman. So left wingers are now turning on everybody's favorite underdog, everybody's manly man, John Fetterman, over his strong support for Israel. 
accusing him of being silent on a genocide. So I just want to give you a few of these details here. So Senator John Fetterman taking serious heat from the progressive base of his uh, group of constituents for showing unconditional support for the U.S. and Israel in the wake of Hamas and the brutal attack against the country. According to a new CNBC News report, many of his supporters are accusing the rookie senator of betraying his base and being silent on the genocide because he supports Israel's military retaliation for the Hamas terror attacks on October 7th that killed over 1,400 people in the Jewish state. Fetterman, known as a, quote, progressive champion, said after the Hamas terrorist attack that I unequivocally support any necessary military, intelligence, and humanitarian aid to Israel. Okay, sounds great. Nothing wrong with that. I don't know why you would not say something like that, to be completely honest. He goes on to say the United States has a moral obligation to be in lockstep with our ally as they confront this threat. I also fully support Israel neutralizing the terrorists responsible for these barbaric acts. The piece noted that although the statement was in line with, quote, his party's position on the issue, he, quote, has faced perhaps more open opposition than any of his colleagues from people who have been supporters and in some case his former staffers an anonymous former campaign staffer for fetterman explained the spat between fetterman and his supporters stating quote when you represent a large diverse state and have pockets of really progressive lefty people and really conservative people on the other spectrum you're going to run afoul of somebody sometimes sometimes it's going to be people who are in your base. Now, they also cite a couple of things here locally. Citing the Philadelphia Inquirer, the NBC News, uh, NBC News report added that about 200 pro-Palestinian demonstrators, which shut down a street in front of his Philadelphia office, as some paraded a large puppet depicting him wearing a shirt that read, Silent on genocide wow how about that oh my god and former members of his staff also published a letter condemning fetterman's support for israel the last month claiming quote it has felt like a gutting betrayal (laughs) man so fetterman who you know like we haven't be honest i don't know really if we've ever praised the guy for anything but fetterman is on the right side of this argument here Mm -hmm. and yet the far left Mm -hmm. is now saying you know what we're done with you as well yep that's what happens when woke attacks. That's what happens. Yep. They will they will use Fetterman as a pawn, and the moment that Fetterman does not give verbatim the talking points that the squad Dems want, the squad Dems say, you know what, we'll cancel you as well. You know, the, the narrative has always been that conservatives or Trump supporters, you know, when when you know if you're not in, if somebody's not in lockstep with what they believe, they're labeled the rhino and they're cast mm-hmm. aside. But it's it's this is plainly and equally as true on the liberal side. That's correct. Because, you know, Fetterman, who I'm sure they're lockstep on with 99.9% of everything, mm-hmm. and they're like this, they're like, You're, you, support gen- you, you support genocide. It's like, wow, yep. this went to zero. This went from zero to 60 real fast. Uh-huh. Um, I, I mean, I would just love to see one of these squad Dems like Rashida Tlaib and Fetterman kind of go at it on like some sort of uh, public venue yeah. in, in a debate over this. Because I would be, I would be rooting Fetterman on. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying Can that. Can you but, imagine? But like Fetterman is giving you the common sense yeah. answer, mm-hmm. and the left is just so so clueless on this issue that they don't want to hear. Like they will literally like cast aside John mm-hmm. Fetterman as like um 
you know, basically one of the evil people. Yep. So. Will this be the excuse now? They'll say, well, he's recovering. Uh, we're going to replace him. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, you know? like, I, they put him out to pasture. This is going to be how they get rid of Joe and Fetterman. <laughs> like a horse with a broken leg. That right? is correct. They're going to euthanize Fetterman. Oh, no. That's it's unbelievable. <laughs> They've had enough of them. Hoodies be damned. Now, that's what happens when you get when you go super left like this, yeah. man. I'm telling you. Yeah. They're vicious. They are. they are vicious. They don't care. Yep. And if you don't say verbatim what they want... They will move on from you. 855-839-1210. We're moving on from the 6 o'clock hour. Dawn's got some news to kick off hour number two. And then in the six battleground states, the New York Times latest poll, Donald Trump is rolling right now. He has actually never polled better in his life. But are we taking the bait? It's Kale and Company, hour two next. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.